OBC had an election for municipalities Heading issues were discussed along with trivialities But at the end of the day when all the votes had been counted Just who had been elected and who had voters left for dead In Vancouver, Kensim had a landslide win Down in Surrey, voters drift up McCallum North Van City voted Linda Buchanan Out in Richmond, Malcolm Brody wins again, again, again It's like in 2001 and 2 and 5 and 8 and 14 and 18 and 22 Oh, back here with the main show, voters gave the heave to divided councils and they said that they would rather elect one party, their vote totals hardly, they voted ABC, oh yes they did. All seven were elected, the three who defected from the NPA got into power again, duh. The city Genova blew up like a Nova, don't let the door hit you as you leave. On Parks Board and School Board, the general story's much the same. All other parties signed out and ABC saw massive gains. But there is one consolation from this vote that you may take. Colleen Hardwick, Colleen Hardwick, Colleen Hardwick, Colleen Hardwick. We know of the Nimmies and he for a Liverpool Vancouver lost. Moving now out to Surrey, if you're in a hurry, run over the mayor in a safe on parking lot. Oh, wait, the mayor was lying, now the clown is trying to make Mr. Charter stick to him. This election's a sad thing, if you like money laundering, rich old men went down to defeat in Langley in District of North Vancouver, the pigeon batting boomer, she won re-election Burnaby, PCA's a stranglehold against Valcara, I'm joking, we don't report on them. Vancouver Municipal Votes, that's it listeners, that's all she wrote. Patreon is... Patreon.com slash report. It's October 16th, 2022, and there are 1,462 days until the Vancouver Municipal Elections. This is the Canby Report. I'm Matthew Naylor. And I'm Ian Bushfield. I think I have the date right. It's something like October 20th, 2026. That's what we're counting down to. So let's get it started by looking at the wow. results. So much has happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All the votes have been counted. 1,000. That's not the number. 171,494 ballots cast. This is down somewhat from the 1,076. Oh, Christ. I've apparently forgotten how to do numbers because I like had to redo the intro today. It's down <laughs> from 176,450 cast in 2018. That's like bad, but actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And apparently the amount of people voting in advance has no bearing on the amount of people who are going to vote in an election. No, everyone's just voting earlier and earlier because we're making it a little bit easier. We realized it's more convenient, especially if you're the kind of nerd who already knows who you're going to vote for. And so people just did it that way. Turnout dropped across the region. I haven't seen a full formal stat, but I know here in Coquitlam, numbers dropped from 25% to 20% turnout. Burnaby saw turnout oh, drop bad. below 20%, but they didn't have a mayor running, so 18% turned out. Some other municipalities were a little bit better. I think Surrey was in the high 30s of turnout, so none, not, not a great day for democracy from the who had their say, or more like yeah, who didn't. Yeah, that's, that's pretty abysmal, but... 
not showing up is a kind of decision of its own. So this is the council we've got. What we thought we were going to do tonight is go through all the parties, starting at the bottom, and to sort of review how they did and see how this has changed since last time. So let's start with the NPA. Oh, how the mighty have fallen slash switched to the ABC. They did as bad or worse than expected, I think. 2.2% for Fred yeah. Harding for mayor. My favorite stat of this entire show is going to be that he did better with Vancouver first in 2018, getting 5,640 votes than he did this year, where he got 3,905 votes. The NPA brought Fred Harding down. Yeah, that's that's amazing. There are a couple couple bright spots. They're all Schadenfreude, but I, I can be mildly happy that 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 happened. Also, Melissa Di Genova got twenty six thousand votes and was nine spots back from a seat. That's what you get for obstructing council business for basically the last four years and sticking with a party that hates gay people. Yeah, I don't think we need to dwell too long on the NPA. The rest of their candidates got below 14,000 for reference. You needed, in this in this election, you actually needed 37,000 to get elected, usually about 40,000. Things were very weird this election. But yeah, the NPA candidates did very bad. Other than MDG, their best candidate was weirdly Morning Lee, the one we talked about who told people to- Oh, the Yeah, the one. shit in your tenant's toilets one. All press is good press. That's- uh, that's at least barely anyone did vote for him but like seriously that guy really him only one with name recognition oh. or maybe he's got a big youtube following let's move up the ballot slowly we skipped all the independents and we're not going to talk about affordable housing coalition in here but progress vancouver nope 3.3 percent for mark marison that's 5,850 30 votes, significantly less than Hector Bremner got in 2018 with Yes Vancouver when he got 9,924. Council was even worse for progress, though, I think, but go ahead. Yeah, like I, I think that part of that is because Hector was, at the very least, a known quantity. He was a sitting city councillor, and there was that big hubbub with the NPA. Mark was starting from nothing, and it was clearly a election that was a referendum on the mayor and there was a clear no i do not like the mayor vote and mark was not it mark's council candidates also didn't get helped by him his best was asha Hare at thirteen thousand. his worst was moral francis at 6500 votes most of them sat around ten thousand. i don't think this is a sign yimbyism is dead but if you're like the single issue housing team platform it, it's not enough. And I know progress did have more there, but that's what the initial vibes were. The initial pitch was you got to go with the established brands to some extent, unless you are Ken Sim and can just for all of the infrastructure. Brand goodwill from, yeah, from an existing party. I, personally, I find this super disappointing. I I really think that Vancouver lost the plot in this election a little bit from what it needed to be focused on. Like, we said that housing was our most important issue, but we did not vote like it was. It also strikes me that it may have just ran too technocratic in many ways. Like, you need tens of thousands of people to mount a serious campaign. And here, Progress 
got thousands of votes, which is respectable in many ways, but it's not enough to really break through. Like the parties that did well that we'll eventually get to were door knocking their asses off and getting names and building those databases and doing that really boring political work. The guy who broke through onto my council did it because he knocked every door in Coquitlam two elections in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Retail politics works. It's a motivator. And if you door knock every door, eventually people are going to start seeing you as a a person that they've had a personal interaction with. And that that goes a long Especially way. Especially if you're not like totally crazy, um, but Mark wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Mark Mark was not. Mark was not. Mark Mark may have been optimistic <laughs> to think that he could have gone from zero to a hundred. I, I know that he had anticipated there being an empty council spot at one point because of the weeb issue and that that just didn't materialize for him so i think a large part of his strategy just didn't pan out but credit to him he believed what he believed and plugged ahead with it uh it just did not turn out and honestly at this point those supporters i think let's be honest and i think at this point those supporters are going to have to a lot of supporters of the parties we're going to talk about need to figure out where they need to move because I think a lot of these parties need to die and go away and never be seen again. Maybe some a progress support goes to ABC and finds those pro-housing voices there and supports them and tries to build that as a stronger housing party. Maybe they go to one city and just go to the sort of left or right on the housing question. But trying to build the housing coalition party didn't work. What also didn't work was trying to build the anti-housing coalition party. Yeah. Team for Livable Vancouver fell flat. Colleen Hardwick spent yesterday driving around in a caravan of vehicles through all of Vancouver's car-centric neighborhoods, thinking, what will become of these places if I do not get elected mayor? And the answer is, probably nothing, Colleen. It Probably turns out nothing. in the ranking of things to waste your time on election day as a strategy, that's like below Burma shaving. It's not GOTV. <laughs> yeah. I will say it is probably better for getting out your vote than the strategy Coquitlam Mayor Richard Stewart had, which was like getting into arguments on the Coquitlam Community Facebook group the night before the election with constituents. Yeah, but he Amazing. got 70% <laughs> of the vote, so he clearly didn't need to try yeah, 70%. I don't have Holy it in here shit. to talk about Coquitlam's results because they're boring and they suck but from just like how boring they are. <laughs> but I'll dribble it through. So yeah, Colleen Hardwick did get 9.7% for mayor. Cleta Brown was their top vote getter at 21,000 votes. The rest of them got between 16 and 18,000 Personally, I just wanted to check in on our old friend, Bill Thielman, (laughs) to see how he was doing. Bill got 17,240 votes, just behind Cope's Tanya Webking. There was one point in the night. I look forward to reading (laughs) There was one point in the night where Sean Orr for Vote Socialist was like two spots ahead of Bill Thielman, and I was so happy with that. It didn't hold, and Sean dropped back, but I just thought if a pure socialist Bill Thielman would beat Thielman would make me happy. Yeah, that would be funny. Anyway, basically, what does this mean for politics in Vancouver? I think it means not that NIMBYism is dead, because NIMBYism, 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 NIMBYism is alive and well and always will be, but as a 
sole motivator for a political force, much as Yimbyism. Why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> if we exist, if the politics breaks down along this NIMBY Yimby axis, and it does, like this is where the differentiation comes into it, people just aren't voting on it. Why? What is happening? I, mean, I think what I started to see with the survey we did of getting people to plot where the parties are, that urbanism is falling down and just like collapsing almost into the traditional left-right spectrum with a couple exceptions, but those exceptions have just been eliminated in this election. So you have, although ABC is not NIMBY. Uh, No, ABC is decidedly not NIMBY. And like ABC does have some like decent YIMBY-ish type policies. They they definitely go about this in a non-like social housing general good thing and more from a supply side developer benefits kind of way. But it's not not anti-housing for sure. They did Vision. bad. They in 2018 for reference, Heather Deal did pretty well and got 39,000 votes, but didn't quite break council. The rest of their candidates got around 25 to 29,000, which we said was bad enough they should close up shop. This year, Stuart McKinnon got 16,000, and he was their best performer of the entire lot. Alan Wong was defeated on school board by everyone running for one city and the Greens except one candidate. John Irwin was defeated on parks by everyone running for one city, Cope, Greens, and obviously ABC. The rest of their council candidates, Leslie Bolt got 11,000, and the rest were even worse off than that. Like They were a non-entity in this election. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Fetch yeah, happen. It's, it's done. A group of communications consultants and actually really well-meaning, I think, good, smart people. It's not a political party, though. Yeah, but like, they're not a political party anymore. Go talk to progress and go, some something needs to happen. Like, people need to get together and have a conversation about how these divided loyalties impacts their ability to function as political machines because they're yeah, not this was tragedy, doing it right now tragedy of the commons not all happening around. but vision yep. and progress are they have no argument for why they should still be around at this point no vote socialist this is a hard one to judge yeah. they never existed before cool. he came in he got thirteen thousand votes on council which is not great it's not awful for something out of nowhere they did a little bit better on parks and schools they were still behind Cope, though. I joked on my Twitter that it's either just an internet, my bubble, or else everyone is voting for socialists and they will do very well. And it turns out it's just my bubble, as I was expecting. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, I knew where I that was going. To break it to you, um, but <laughs> yeah, they did manage to beat Progress Vancouver's top vote getter by a few hundred votes. Not that I ever think that Vote Socialist and Progress were going to get together, but man, like... At least they only ran one for each. I respect that they Uh, were modest in that. If they had run more, it would have been painful to watch. Uh, I don't know if they can maybe make a case that they need to try it again. They're building up, and this was a test, but 
No, no, they absolutely can't. They absolutely cannot. They divided the resources between them and Cope that the far left of the city has the their very limited resources, and they decided that they were just going to piss them away on what was effectively a fucking vanity campaign. So don't don't be like, yeah, Valiant first attempt. No, this was useless. Talk to Cope, patch up whatever like doctrinaire differences decided to like spick split the Marxists off from the Leninists and make amends if you want uh, to be Cope a viable also did political bad, force. Not quite as bad. They, they're the first party we're talking about to actually elect someone. They got Susie Ma on schools, but they lost Gene Swanson, who dropped 16,000 votes and has only got 32,000. Breen will let their runner-up got 25,000. No one on parks, no one else on schools. Like They didn't do well. The party is in total disarray, as is basically everything on the left at the moment. But this is, yeah, the the shattered ruins of a party yeah. that once controlled City Hall. The, theirs is the Greens. a complicated story, right? In many ways, they can claim to it being not so bad. They elected the most of any of the not-ABC parties. <laughs> I sent a message to one of the Greens victors last night saying i'm happy for you and also sorry that happened <laughs> it was a brutal night to um, be a vancouver green Eve, like adrian carr dropped oh yes tens of thousands of votes she only got forty-two thousand this time she had almost seventy thousand in 2018 pete fry dropped twenty-five thousand. mike we placed 15th with thirty thousand votes that's so sad it's so upsetting he was other than his whole like half of his term mass and mired in scandal that probably didn't help him massive scandal yeah that no that wasn't the best though again i feel like that scandal was hugely manufactured it's the bad this it was bad they managed to however hang on to a couple of spots a lone opposition voice on the parks board and Janet two Fraser. on schools, Janet Fraser and and Lois Chen Pedley on Parks Board. A newcomer was elected. That, of course, is Tom Digby, because all the Green Councilors or Commissioners on Parks Board resigned. That I'm sure didn't help them, but I don't think honestly anything was going to help them with this giant wave bringing ABC like into the office. I heard repeatedly during the election was the greens were in disarray and like just a mess internally you could see it from their 2018 or from their 2021 annual reports where they had very little fundraising in the final quarter there i'll be really interested to see their election report come out and see how much they did manage to raise and spend i got the sense they didn't have many signs around they didn't have a strong ground game if all of that fell through whereas they had something in 2018 that lack of volunteers to get out the vote would have collapsed their party, but it potentially also collapsed the other parties and Kennedy Stewart. Since the Greens didn't run a full slate, those voters were probably tossing some votes to Kennedy Stewart. They were probably tossing some votes to one city to cope around the block. Yeah, if Adrian Carr was pulling 70,000 votes, like that's a a th- solid 30,000 votes more that could have been going to 
ostensibly, this doesn't work perfectly, progressive style voters. Now, that wouldn't have been enough to it push makes him Kennedy Stewart over the top, but it does make him competitive. And that would have also required Kennedy Stewart to like have a campaign. But And I'm not saying 30,000 Greens stayed home. There's it, also a strong argument that a lot of people voted against the Greens or weren't happy with the Greens, particularly on council, and that harmed their votes. Hey, we, we have been first among those people expressing some dissatisfaction with the Green Councillors. I, I also love in the lead up to the election, the people who were creating these vote charts and for the Greens that were like, we cannot square what you did, so we're going to put every single Green Councillor on individually and invent some new shades of the red-yellow green color spectrum they in order to give deal with to them. The Forward together with Kennedy Stewart has gone one direction. And they're now without down. Kennedy Stewart, clearly. So what's super interesting here is Kennedy Stewart got almost the exact same number of votes in the 2018 election as the 2022 election. He had 49,705 in 2018. This year, he got 49,593. He lost 100, 150 votes. Uh, It's absurdly close. Really? That? Wow. Wow. The problem is, yeah, Kenshin picked up all of the other votes that had been cast. and Yeah. Wow. That's... I I hadn't realized it was that close. Like, I, I knew it was... But, like, the idea that... If if Mario's polls are to be believed, and that's the other big loser of tonight, sorry Mario, but uh, the the pollsters did not do very good. Basically, they were Mario had found back in September that around twelve or thirteen percent of Ken of Kennedy Stewart voters were dissatisfied with their candidate and hopping over to Ken Sim, or roughly about the same amount of people were dissatisfied with Ken Sim and were hopping over to Kennedy Stewart. And I think all those people returned back to Ken Sim and more. He did It's actually surprising coalition. Really. It wasn't worse for Kennedy Stewart, given everything else we've talked about, that all these other parties have collapsed, but he managed to at least hold his votes. <laughs> I think it's because he was like it wasn't split, right? Yeah, so there was only I, I one like, quote unquote progressive mayor on the ballot that people were taking seriously, and so they just sat there. Obviously, he did not. Everyone who voted for him in 2018 voted for him this year. There's probably some moving around. Maybe he picked up some Shauna Sylvester votes, and some from him stayed home, and it moved around. But it canceled out weirdly perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the rest of the team, Dulcie Anderson was the runner-up with 35,000 votes, but still 3,000 votes from a seat. Jessica Trung also did relatively well with 32,000.9, but the rest of the slate was under 30,000. There should not have yeah, been that many candidates. Hit, like Their worst performing candidate was Hillary Brown, and he only got 19,000 votes like he was around the amount that team was getting he didn't need to be on the ballot russell vong as much as we liked him twenty-two thousand votes jeanette ash twenty-two thousand votes drop both of them alvin singh twenty-nine thousand, just behind one city maybe he's your extra but kennedy stewart 
Trump's argument for starting a party was he wanted a voice Ugh. on council who could put more forward motions for him when he's chairing and simple procedural things like that. That's one, maybe two people. Then suddenly there were six and he was running for a majority yeah, against um, the rest of his allies. <laughs> yeah, like for forward together one city and vision at the very least, but also realistically progress need to have a conversation. Obviously, I feel like Kennedy Stewart's time. In Maybe Denver all politics. politics I don't know if the NDP done. wants him back, provincially uh, or federally. Yeah. So, whatever, whatever this party is now, backward apart without Kennedy Stewart, <laughs> they they have to like I don't know figure figure out what on earth is going on with people who want the things they want because there are clearly other people who want the things they want, and they are unable to talk to each other so they had people in like many ways the least city. bad night of the progressives they didn't win as many seats as the greens but they didn't lose seats they held on to their incumbents christine boyle and jennifer reddy they actually performed really well in all of the races iona bonami was just behind dulcy anderson for council and the rest of their slate was in and around where mike weeb was placing so they were fairly high runners up on parks, they were just behind the Greens. On schools, all of their candidates were the runners-up for council. So if ABC had run fewer, there would have been more one-city council candidates on there. With Alan Wong from Vision being weirdly squeezed in there through the strength of his incumbency. In many ways, this position's... It is very gratifying to see yes. <laughs> all of one city's candidates. And Bill Tillman, but Genova. <laughs> Genova did much better. One city kind of positions yep. itself in this way as a de facto progressive urbanist opposition in my mind. Like they did strong in many ways. We can argue that yeah. they ran too many. One probably ran too many, obviously. But at least theirs were all endorsed by VDLC. And that likely helped them in many ways. Yeah, I feel like four together can fold into one city pretty easily. Progress can split itself up between uh, the Greens and One City. Something needs to bring these parties together. Like, I can see a situation where a combined slate of One City Green councillors, particularly a Green councillors that have been perhaps more vetted for, I, do, I don't know, you're not getting rid of Adrian Carr and Pete Fry because they are in fucking incumbents, but they are, I think, going to be more reliable votes for the things that One City wants than. And like all of this, Mike yeah. Classen. Not that I think Mike Classen's a bad dude, but yeah, and I don't think he and one out of this necessarily see eye leaves a lot of work for Christine Boyle to do over the next four years. I think she can, like, she has worked well with Sarah Kirby Young, Rebecca Bly, and Lisa Dominato, and so I think she will be able to get some things done. Just like the Greens will be able to bring some for things forward that will meaningfully move forward, but they are. Very yeah. much handicapped into the corner of council. Like, a lot of this is going to depend on how much of an asshole Ken Sim wants to be. Like, to, do you want to play this the way that Gregor did, basically? Like, to the victor, gold the spoils. Are you going to keep all your council appointments, your board appointments, your metro van committee spots? Are those all going to go to ABC councillors, or are these going to get split up amongst the 
various counselors on uh, Greens and, and one city. We don't know. We have no idea. And that is, I think, going to be one of Ken Sim's first tests as mayor and a big indicator of From how the he interview is we did with him and his watching his victory speech i'm sus- i would suspect he's more conciliatory and willing to try to work across and take good ideas wherever they come from and use some vague business language around it but he's under no obligation to i'm still oh hoping God, he shows up to council <laughs> in iron maiden shirts and cuts off the legs of the mayor's desk to be on the same level of them proving that he's never been in council chambers yeah but like seriously rosemary Ma- seriously rose please cut this but seriously rosemary rock schmaltz was i think i guess the, the last question the i have coming out of one city Mr. Sib. yes i guess the last I, I question i have clear. coming mayor out of one Alexa city's results is does this position christine boyle is almost the progressive mayoral candidate in 2026, even with one city trying to up them. Because I think one of the things that they're still weakened by and struggling with is brand recognition. Like the polls we saw, people are like, one who? But they got a respectable number of votes here relative to the Greens, who have one of the strongest brands in the city. So... Yeah, I think that depends on whether Christine Boyle wants to be mayor or not. But yeah, if she wants to lead the party, lead the coalition, she is someone around whom I can see a movement coalescing. They should have wow. run more people, apparently. Wow, what a night for the <laughs> center-right. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that there is some voice for this isn't Burnaby the opposition on council because going yeah, through it geez. basically Ken Sim picked up 35,000 votes for mayor yeah uh, roughly uh, what Shauna Sylvester got 85,732 votes like 52 percent of the votes cast for mayor a- every one they ran easily was elected there was a 20,000 vote gap between like their worst performer and Adrian Carr, and it was the exact same situation on parks and school boards. People just went in, filled out ABC, and left their voting, the rest of their ballots blank. This was a plump situation, if I've ever seen one. And it worked. Yeah, like, the, the charts are hilarious. They they are just, like, a huge drop-off in every single instance between ABC and the next candidate. I did find it Interesting that Sarah Kirby Young and Lisa Dominato were the strongest performers, but Rebecca Bly was actually their second worst performer on council. Yeah. Don't know exactly what happened there. I can't explain that. I have no idea why that would be. Someone doesn't like her. Yeah, some some people they like her slightly slightly more than Lenny Zhu and slightly less than Peter Meisner. <laughs> <laughs> like we've said, they ran a strong campaign. It was the cleanest and most focused campaign. They did a long interview with the Taiyi where they talked about how a big chunk of their votes, like 60%, were federal liberal voters, with 20% being federal NDP and 20% being federal conservatives. Not that there are many federal conservative voters in the city of Vancouver at this point. So that kind of tracks. And yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm hoping that they recognize that and 
well federal liberal parties and are known for delivering middle of the road milk toast policies that are compromises from the compromises from the compromises that they made in their election promises who knows thankfully they didn't make many clear election promises besides the 100 cops and nurses one which they are tripling down on doing right away no fucking way like it's just not going to happen the health authority cannot hire the nurses. There like, aren't that many people who want to be nurses. Otherwise, yeah, we wouldn't have so many other tried. problems. They've literally tried. They will not find them. I, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do with that, but good luck. If this is just a, a way into hiring 100 more cops, yeah, the cops will be delighted. Hooray for them. I still think they'll also have trouble hiring 100 cops anyway. Like, everywhere's yeah, having trouble. Yeah, I mean, they are they are backing off a little bit on the timeline for that. There there was effectively a a freeze over the last couple of years in terms of cop hiring under Stewart. They were hiring on average about fifteen cops per year beforehand. I think it's possible that the cops are going to try and make up that entire freeze in one year. Who's to say? They must be happy. They endorsed Ken Sim. And ABC, and I worry about the effects that has on political I discourse doubt. across the entire country. Cops got involved in an election aggressively and got rewarded for it. Yeah, I don't like it. It's a bad, bad thing, bad sign, bad taste. Like we said, Oof. on the other hand, like Lisa Dominato, Sarah Kirby Young, Rebecca Bly have decent records on housing and zoning approval, so I could see things. Like the big controversial issue that's going to be the first test of this council is the Safeway rezoning near Broadway Commercial. Those developers must be breathing oh, a little I bit easier. Oh, yeah. I think that that's going through. I, I think that's pretty clear at this point. And um, like the Broadway plan is. Like, if I'm totally wrong, and if this is going to be a bad council, that thing will fail. But stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> And the Broadway plan and Vancouver plan are passed, but I can very quickly see this council coming through and revising out many of the Kennedy Stewart and One City and Green claims to victory in there. Many of the rental protections probably scaling back, a lot of it being brought down to a more simplified housing only policy would all be also watching for is how are they on things like bike lanes and yeah that other element of urbanist infrastructure we're not going to have and a road I, tax I would, no we never were but, but we really won't we never now. were going to have a road tax like what what never mind <laughs> we've stopped the road tax proclaimed ken sim <laughs> after fighting the brontosaurus to death i don't know like <laughs> speaking of cops uh, a 20,000 gap between the lowest ABC vote getter on school board and the highest non ABC vote getter which happened to be Jennifer Reddy uh, one Jennifer Reddy means that basically cops are going back in schools yeah. like Probably... Every single one of them put that as one of their top priorities when asked in the Vancouver Voters Guide. They're going back in. That was the only clear thing they had to say on schools. The rest of the policies were like 
schools should be welcoming and safe and in the interests of the community and student like vague platitudes which fine but like i'm great I, i'm glad that schools are not supposed to be alienating and dangerous <laughs> but they will be for some with cops wandering around in kevlar with yes, guns they, they... yeah i know that some of the people who like brought forward this motion are like lois chan pedley is was one of the people who moved the motion last time she's remains on school board. Jennifer Reddy was a big supporter of it. They are going to think critically about this and maybe change the the tenor and nature of the school liaison program, hopefully, as it goes back in. But they are in for a, a kind of... I don't know. Like, school board is a different beast mm-hmm. than council. So it's Park Board. Which ABC could abolish now if they they couldn't, but they could make some strong moves to try to abolish it. But they won't because they changed their mind. (laughs) And now they have all but one spot on Park Board. Yes. Possibly goodbye, Stanley Park Bike Lane. Remains to be seen. We don't, it's hard to tell what they actually care about on Park Board. (laughs) Like schools. No, we don't know what they believe. We just wanted change, apparently, but not to anything in particular. It was Ken Sims' blank slate for us to project our will onto, and federal liberals were upset with Kennedy Stewart for being a bad mayor. And he was- and these non-ABC parties, less progress even, earned almost 600,000 votes between them versus the ABC council candidates who owned earned 465,000 votes. Like, the vote split is easy to calculate. It was big, and they screwed themselves out of a more competitive council race. Yep. The question now is, what is Mayor Sim going to be like? I think he needs to hire a speechwriter, for one. Uh, His speech was better than Brenda Locke's, if you saw her, by a lot. Oh my god. We'll get to her in a minute, but <laughs> I love Bear Creek Park. It's amazing. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. And the luck. Okay, so speechwriter jobs uh, uh, clearly need to be filled. Yeah, they are but to bring yeah, it, I, I don't to know bring it back to, to the question, like, like Council council can squash someone like a tick. Like, you you might... Council and the city itself, like, running a city like Vancouver, being in the mayor's chair, being on the hot seat, is difficult. And sometimes people rise to the occasion, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, if we look back at the past center mayorships, we saw the Gordon Campbell-Philip Owen era six consecutive elections won by those two mayors really setting their mark on the city of Vancouver. And then we saw Sam Sullivan come and go down in flames as his party imploded and ousted him before he could run again for or try for a second term. So I kind of those as the two possible paths forward for Ken Sim. Maybe there's a third, more moderate path. Maybe we'll also be in a general yeah. strike in two years, like Sam Sullivan faced. Yeah, wow. All right, so, as we alluded to before, a bonus loser. 
Polsters. Yeah. Oh, Research Co. Thank you, Mario, for coming on the show, but did not pan out for you guys last night. You did a decent job on CTV, but as it turns out, your likely voter model did not. Yeah, he released a poll on the eve of the election saying it was going to be very tight, like 35, 35% again. And everyone else, I mean, he got everyone else from that. Hardwick was a non-factor and the others are non-factors, but... No, that main bit was yeah. missed. Leger's poll that we talked about did get that Sim had a commanding lead, but Leger thought that Kennedy Stewart and Colleen Hardwick would tie. Leger also blew it really badly on Surrey. They picked the right winner, but they thought the guy who ended up almost tying her would be fifth. And also they got Souk Dollywall yeah. really bad. And they also put it... Yeah, put, put Suk in second. That was not going to happen. People do not. I don't have like Main Street's Suk. last poll in front of me. Apparently. I don't think they had it perfect either. No one saw this. No, they had they had Sim out in front. Main Street last last election or sorry last poll before the election had Sim at twenty nine, Stewart at twenty four, Hardwick at fifteen, Marison at eight, Harding at six. So drastically overestimating Marison and Harding. Still pretty much an overestimate for Hardwick. Not bad for Stewart. Drastic underestimate for Sim. Polling municipalities is hard at the best of times. And then you get a change election where the mood is all over the place and you don't have many data points to base off of. So glad we didn't spend any money on a poll, at least. (laughs) Yeah, good for us. Let's let's quickly survey Uh, (laughs) the rest of the region, though. Not... Too much to say because most of it followed what we said in our last episode where we previewed what the contest would be. Surrey, the most interesting, we got to pay more attention to it on election night because Vancouver was very slow getting its results out. One of the polling stations lost power. Very slow, like 1130. One of the polling stations lost power, so they had to wait until they all voted before they could start counting. Whatever. Anyway, meant we got to spend Uh, a lot of time watching the Surrey results come in as Doug McCallum and Brenda Locke duped it out for under 30% of the vote each. In the end, Brenda Locke won 28% of like 30% of the vote. Doug McCallum, 27. Gordy Haug, Haug, 21%. Ginny Sims, 13. And Suk Dhaliwal, 8%. Yeah, this was much closer than I thought it was going to be for Brenda Locke. And I... Admittedly, I thought that she came out and spoke a little bit. It was wildly early. uh, But apparently Black Press Press had declared her the winner. So that was what she went on. And she was like, someone has declared me winner. I'm winner! (laughs) And then it got closer and closer and closer and closer. And then she won anyway. Doug McCallum also then gave his concession speech, which CBC only got half of because it was too fast. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite short. Um, Yeah. Perfect. No notes. What a way to what a way to go. So yeah, Locke will probably try and get the RCMP back, and it'll be up to Mike Farnworth to decide how much of a hell to make her life. Because a twenty eight percent mandate is quite the way to say the people have spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, admittedly, they do have a a functional majority on council they have five votes of the 11 yeah and i think another two are quite sympathetic that's not a majority never mind (laughs) sorry they have five votes of the nine yeah and i think 
one of the other parties is anti <laughs> like Doug McCallum's safe Surrey coalition got wiped out of council as well. And so it's a new set of voices there. No, Safe Surrey Coalition managed to elect Doug Elford. Oh, I looked at the wrong time of night. I don't have the results right in front of me. What a mess. I thought when seeing how many people were running that this could be a rain, an election where someone with a quarter of the vote wins, and we almost got there. What an awful show for What an awful awful thing to happen. Yeah. The other way you can win is no one to run against you, like Mike Hurley had in Burnaby. Yep. Council, we thought, could be interesting. It wasn't the Burnaby Citizens Association. It was very they much didn't not, yeah. Sweep it. Party continues its I mean, they didn't sweep power. like they have they in the not. past. Joey Keithley was reelected quite handily, and one Burnaby elected Richard T. Lee, former BC Liberal MLA, as Mike Hillman, their incumbent, lost. Mm-hmm. Also, a federal liberal mm-hmm. candidate. Yes. Yeah. In New Westminster, Patrick Johnstone's Community First did quite well. It was a little bit close at times with the New West progressives, but overall, an easy victory for Johnstone and his team. New West progressives. (laughs) Yeah, in New West, the ex-first party Uh, is the left-wing party and the progressives are the right-wing party. Parties shouldn't be allowed to choose their own names anymore. No, they should not. Also, I loved CBC's reporting on this, where it was like, ooh, the light gray party is beating the slightly more light gray party. Like, <laughs> I I feel like, I know it would be a lot of work. I know it would be a big pain in the ass, but I feel like every candidate <laughs> should have to pick a color. Like, you should, if you're a party, you get a swatch of colors. And if you are an individual candidate, you pick a color out of a hat. And that is your color for broadcasting and your election signs. In the city of North Vancouver, Linda Buchanan easily held on with 57% of the vote. District of North Vancouver incumbent Mike Little defeated urbanist upcomer Matthew Bond by 322 votes. That was heartbreaking. Wow. That, honestly, it's it's that race where I'm like that. That's so sad. It was so close, and it's it's really upsetting We've, to see that. <laughs> but Mike Little holds on to power for another term. West Vancouver, Marianne Booth goes down to defeat anger in that community. Seeing Mark Sager pick up the swing on the the swing in west end was wild right sager comes back he was the previous mayor he got six thousand votes marianne booth dropped down to 2800 with marcus wong getting 2400 so big swing there yeah and those marcus wong votes were like arguably votes that would have gone to sager as well had he not been Uh, coming out to the burbs in port moody megan lottie beat Steve Milani 4,900 to 3,900. Milani was the more pro-Vagramoff guy, so happy to see the change there. Also, Hunter Madsen, the counselor there who released the manifesto of nimbyism that he wrote while his foot was broken, he went down. uh, So I'm happy to see that. But so did Yimmy Lubick. Mixed bag of results there in Port Moody. Really yep. good results in Maple Ridge, though, as Mike Morton destroyed. Yeah, what a what a happy surprise! 
yeah, Mike Morton, angry jackass who hates the homeless more than anything. And his party, Maple Ridge First, were at the bottom of the ballot. Not not in the mayor's race, they got him second, but like a commanding lead for former liberal MP Dan Rumi and a better Maple Ridge with their 6,300 votes to Mike Morton's 4,300. Yeah, all Um, the A Better Maple Ridge candidates were elected to council with one Maple Ridge first squeezing in there, and independent... And Ahmed Youssef. Yeah, topped the ballot there. Very popular independent Ahmed Youssef, who I know nothing about. Yes. (laughs) But he got the most. More good news out in the Langleys, Matthew. Yes, Eric Woodward beat Blair Whitmarsh and more than doubles the vote of international man of mystery, Rich Coleman. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't even close out there. Good job by Woodward. Nope. And of course, the German report. (laughs) Similarly, strong showing in (laughs) Langley City where embattled incumbent mayor Val Vandebroek went down to young upcomer Nathan Paschal, 2400 to 1,300 votes. In other municipalities, Marianne Alto wins in Victoria, and that's good to see. She seems to have cobbled together a working council block to succeed Mayor Lisa Helps and stem the forces of Nubism, at least so far as they can be stemmed. Well, and Ben Isaac went down hard. After he was top vote oh, getter yep. in past elections, I, it turns out doing everything you can to piss everyone off all of the time is not a winning strategy for the left. Out in Co- Kelowna, though, I was disappointed to see Mayor Colin Bazran go down to Tom Dias. I traveled to Kelowna a few weeks ago, and yeah, homelessness is increasing there in many ways. And my brother, my brother got married over the weekend, and he he was like. Ah, damn it, I forgot to vote. But there's no way Colin's going to lose. That vote wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) And It turns out it wouldn't have mattered. Colin Bethren got absolutely obliterated. It was a bloodbath. Yeah, mixed bag across the province as you look. A lot of urbanists did well, though, it looks like, in many places that weren't Vancouver, if you consider Uh, Kennedy. yeah. I I don't even know that you can not call EBC people urbanists though. Mm-hmm. Like they're not not urbanists, yeah. but they're not necessarily urbanists. It's not their defining characteristic. We have to figure out what their defining characteristic no. is beyond being not Kennedy Stewart, which was a very effective one. Yeah, that that is that was the biggest vote getter of the election was not being Kennedy Stewart and Ken Sam definitely isn't. It is also notable that we have elected our, I believe our second non-Scottish mayor in our history after David Oppenheimer back in, in the days of like back in the 1800s. And the first Um, Chinese Canadian one, obviously. (laughs) First Chinese Canadian mayor, uh, it's it's it is a historic night for Vancouver. And finally across the province on the school board front I was quite happy to see the reactionary anti-soji crowds of the parents voice and the Viva Victoria just 
get trounced everywhere. They managed to elect one trustee in Chilliwack, but that is buttressed by the fact Barry Newfeld is fired. He's gone! He's done! I think he's still going to the Supreme Court against Glenn Hansman over whether Hansman should have called him a transphobe. Really, they're arguing over the slap law. It's a mess. But Chilliwack School Board, very progressive these days. They elected their first trans male trustee. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hooray! <laughs> the top vote getter was Karen Bondar, I believe, who's like a sex positive science educator and also rocks. Chilliwack School Board Incredible. went in an amazing direction in the last couple of elections. So it turns out voting <laughs> on school board can really matter. What what an election. I, I don't know, but I, I think it's time for Vancouverada. We end every episode with a little tidbit from Vancouver's past, and we have dug up a spicy little meatball for you today. This is the story of Vancouver's town fool. I'm just closing all the things that I have opened. Man, it was a bunch. <laughs> so, basically, that's all right. Back in 1968, an intellectual named Joachim Foykus, or Joachim Kim Foykus, was deemed Vancouver's official town fool by the Canada Council for the Arts. And recently, Anvil Press released a book about his life and times. He was basically given $3,500 grant to arguably drop acid and act like a, a, a fool in Vancouver's town square in front of the art gallery, drive a donkey down Canby Street. It was really weird. $3,500, by the way, being a lot in uh, the time, the late 1960s, when he was doing this. Yes, this is a book, Fool's Gold, by Jesse Donaldson. We're, I'm quoting from Monte Cristo magazine that has a bit from it. It says he was a 36-year-old, tall, soft-spoken, with an unmistakable German accent. I'm just thinking, I'm 36, and I'm not using my time as well as some other people. No. He would dress up in red and blue fool's motley. He set up a shop on the city's courthouse, and he spent two to three hours each day dispensing philosophy to adults and nursery rhymes to children. He had wandered the streets to passersby with his bauble in hand, the iconic jester-headed staff that serves as the source of the fool's power, a constant reminder that no one was above all mockery, less of all the fool himself. Yeah, so basically he was known as a serious, rather introverted student at UBC, and he pursued one degree after another, moving from social work to theology to library science, and was already a little out of step with the times, but the hippies appeared, and Donaldson apparently tries to distinguish Foykes from the hippies. He he was a little more like engaged in school. He he wanted to like drop in, according to both Donaldson and friend of the pod sheldon goldfarb he got into trouble at times for disrupting meetings yelling at police and riding a donkey cart through town as mentioned uh, he was arrested and fined all in the aid of pricking our bubbles of complacency in one exchange donaldson quotes in his piece that farkas had upset mayor tom campbell he Campbell told a Vancouver Sun reporter, when I read about it this morning, I saw Red, an old age pensioner who's worked all his life 
for his country gets $1,200 a year. Here's a fellow who refuses to work and they give him $3,500 young age pension. Couldn't we use it for public housing for senior citizens, R word redacted children, pensioners, and deserving students? Foykus retorted in response to this, I do not mock thee, but by thee I am mocked. Thou callest me madman, but I call thee blockhead. And with that, we end the coverage of the 2022 Vancouver municipal elections. For Lycan Boot Media, I'm Matthew Nair. I'm Ian Bushfield. See you in 1,462 days when we'll do this all again. Good night.